Welcome to the seven and a half floor of the Merton Plummer Building. As you'll now be spending your workday here, it is important that you learn a bit about the history of this famous floor. Welcome to Malkovich Malkovich Minute Minute, the daily podcast in which we spill our goddamn guts for you as we examine the film Being John Malkovich one minute at a time. I am your host, Austin Pryor, and with me one last time are my guests this week, Una Kearney and Peter Crawley. <laughs> We're in the All portal. right, folks. How are you feeling for your last outing? You feel ready? Looking forward to I it. I feel kind of, you know, mm. the, the tristesse of uh, <laughs> uh, anticipating an end. You know, I, I like it in this in this vessel. I, and uh, I, I'm surprised that this is our fifth and final ride. Yeah, yeah. I really should have a, a, another window open with a dictionary for uh, talking to you. But, uh, <laughs> but I'll, uh, I'll muddle through. So today we look at minute 20 of being John Malkovich. Minute 20 starts with Craig saying that the workplace is not the most suitable environment for this type of discussion and ends one minute later with Craig beginning his attempt to guess the name of his office crush. All right. How do we get on with minute 20? It is a gorgeous performance, that moment. Yeah. I mean, it's just the, the sort of, um, Craig is the kind of guy, I suppose, who digs himself further into further holes. So as he tries to get out of one, mm. he's, he's, yeah. he's, you know, he said he did the right thing and said the right thing, but it doesn't serve him. <laughs> Dr. Lester, while I'm flattered you would share your feelings with me, perhaps the workplace is not the most suitable environment for this type of discussion. All right, you're right, all right. I tell you what, meet me after work today at Jerry's Juiceteria on Lex and I'll spill my goddamn guts for you. That sort of masochism is kind of something that I think crops up with M. Kaufman a lot. The tortured um, guy trying to say and do the right thing and just making his own life miserable. And then, you know, moments later, we see him sort of be this astonishing sort of, you know, player in a way. You know, he's on the phone to his wife. And literally, <laughs> in one death move, puts it down. And it's sort of, it's almost like she has a physical effect on him because he's sort yes. of, you know, we're seeing him tortured. He's in the corner, and then she comes in, and he he transforms in her mm-hmm. presence. Yeah. So, um, I'll talk to you later. Okay. Yep. Yeah, you too. Gotta go back to work. Okay. Bye. Hi. Do you know that I don't even know your name or where you work? Yeah. Also, it's a little bit conceited. I mean, that's what's lovely about the language. It's like, can you believe that I don't even know your name yet? Yeah, it's yeah. Like, I'm so with her in that moment. She's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's and sort she, of like... la- she leaves it hang, which is amazing. She just Not only does she just flatly say, yeah, but she lets the moment hang. She just holds that expression. Craig is then forced to make the next move, which it's a pretty good move that like this, this game he introduces of... Um. Uh, how about this if i can guess your name in three tries you have to come have a drink with me tonight why not like you know pretty uh brave move again not great with the whole adultery part but uh sort of sort of admirable he's learned something about about her character since the last time which is he knows that if he introduces some element of 
of unlikelihood or probability and it's the game and she probably thinks she's going to game well why wouldn't I play it I think her yeah. performance is incredible in this minute because yeah, yeah, you literally thinking, yeah. see her thinking he's going will you go for a drink with me and you can just see her going no 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 and then he goes if I can and it's like literally the length of that sentence you see her mm-hmm. and then she has this sort of exquisite moment of reflection and she's like mm, okay and it's just great yeah. like it's like it's like she's kind of gone what 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 better have I not a lot tonight so you know and he's not going to get it anyway and I'm going to think of some great yeah. put down line <laughs> yeah and it end. might be amusing for me yeah exactly it's it's really fascinating I mean it's it's so entirely in keeping with her character that she would see this as yet another essentially kind of transactional thing mm-hmm. like if I can guess your if I can guess your name you have to go out and drink with me and then we learn we learn later that she likes that she that her philosophy is that you need to go for stuff for people like people who yes. there are people who go for things and there are people who don't go for things you know yeah. and it's better to to go for things um, and that she is despite the fact somehow that she's wound up in the seventh half floor of the <laughs> yeah. Merton Flimmer building doing whatever it is that she does we do we, we never know what it is that she does she doesn't die mm. to tell us or to tell him but she mm. kind of gets the. She, I don't know if she admires, but just acquiesces to the pluck of a guy who's on the make mm-hmm. and who has made a kind of a game out of it. I, 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 the, she's so indifferent as a character generally, you know, she's indifferent mm. to, she's fascinatingly indifferent. Yeah. So mm. indifferent to his commands, indifferent to desires, the, it, totally indifferent to this amazingly antisocial situation where can you, he says, can you believe I don't know your name or what you do? Yeah. And she says, yeah, not with malice, yeah. Yeah. not with, you know, like, like not, not as a sort of like in your face, but just matter of factly. Yeah. That's, I have, I have not made that information available and I do not feel compelled to do so. And she sees no problem with that. You know, she's entirely in possession of, possession of the rules as she sees them. And the corollary is that she, she sort of sees that she must acquiesce to this proposition. Yeah. That it's a game towards something that he wants. And therefore, okay, I'll take those odds. Let's see. Let's see where that goes. Mm. Really, really interesting. The 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 cutaway that I I think kind of you, you tend to overlook is that he's fascinatingly honest with Lottie. Usually, yes. Like you know, he's kind of like the phone call that he's making about why he's not going to be home. Yes, uh, is because he's going he's going out for a drink with his pervy boss who's going to kind of, you know, un, unspool these sexual fantasies at length over juice. Mm. Kind of, and he's, he's going to do it. Kind of, I, I, I think he does, other than, the fa- other than his desire for Maxine and how much action he's putting in to sort of, you know, uh, uh, to do the spade work, uh, so to speak, he tends to confide fairly readily what's yes. going on. Yeah. And Lottie accepts fairly readily what's going on. Mm. I'm meeting my pervy boss for a drink, but also I've discovered a portal in the office that leads to John Malkovich's yes. head yeah, and we're going on. to turn this yeah. into some kind of industry for profit but in some ways maybe you know you can always kind of take a step back and go I mean we're talking about puppeteering and sort of we're living in a world where um, so far we're not getting a sense of the female desire that's about to change Lottie's desire is going to be ignited and so is hers but so far we're very aware of male desire like there's been Lester there's been Craig Um, uh, maybe there's been a little bit of Floris but it feels like don't forget Floris don't forget Floris yeah Um, Fair point. 
but but sort of that sense of um i do feel you can give a slight feminist reading to her character in the sense that you know she's a beautiful woman and she exists largely as an object of desire and she's wanting to earn money and have her own like she's wanting to be more in control of how yeah. she's being perceived Maybe she also enjoys being desired in this moment too. Like there is a little moment of who doesn't like a little bit of attention, sort of maybe that, you know, um, Craig is being and, so obsequious. And it, and it just, it just chimes with her um, power trip, which is, you know, oh, I get to sit in a situation where I'm wanted and I get to refuse and possibly humiliate this person and I get to feel that desire pointed at me and I mean then we get to this point where she she just flat out says it later in the film when she says uh, do you have any idea what it's like to be looked at <laughs> by two people with yeah. total lust and devotion out of the same yeah. pair of eyes uh, mm. you know she's just like that's that's what I'm in it for you know <laughs> Yeah, so in that sense, she is quite narcissistic. And I mean, wanting to gain control of things isn't necessarily feminist either, I should point out. But, but yeah, no. y you know what I mean? And sort of deconstructing the sort of the, the power dynamics certainly alive at that time and sort of still kind of whimpering away at this moment. Um, yes. So there's something as well. I'm, I am always reminded of The Wizard of Oz at this moment as well, because it's like the moment oh, yeah? that's about to happen is fantastical. Like he goes, can I have three goes? And he goes, yeah. and Maxine and it's sort of like you click your you click your your uh, heels and i'm sort of amazed by this moment because it's sort of the, yeah. one of the most implausible moments in the film yeah. and yet it doesn't yeah. feel yeah. It's, yeah. it doesn't feel wrong like <laughs> is that just because the rules keep changing and warping sorry yeah yeah i think it is cause a you very keep gradually moment. being absorbed into the quicksand of the sort of shifting logical kind of plates that the, that the film document. I find it so I find it more in keeping with both kind of character con and consistency if we can call it that that she would go she would who, a person who has no interest in pursuing this person or having this person pursue her romantically or to go any further than that that she would entertain the overtures simply because she you know game respects game if you're going to turn <laughs> yeah. it into a if you're going to turn it into a game oh yeah well sure then cool yeah but the immediately more implausible thing is that the daftness of his, first of all, feeling out sounds with yes. his mouth, yeah. um, that he would be encouraged anyway by her facial responses. Yeah. That she, that <laughs> this person, I mean, this person who, I mean, thus far, it has been set apart because of how unreadable she is, yeah. suddenly makes herself entirely readable like, you know, a kind of warmer, colder reception on her face as he feels his way through consonants and vowel sounds towards Maxine. That's that's it's it's a way more cooperative. Just in response to that, because it's sort of like I feel like, again, the storytelling mechanism is that like Craig yeah. has now been painted as a bit of a loser, you know, and yeah. sort of at this point, he's showing that he has a talent. <laughs> Yes. You know, um, that, that is sort True. of amazing and fantastical. And, 
and sort of um, in that in that sense of getting on board and going on the ride, we do like to feel that way about about our characters that they that they can surprise us, that they have something, yeah, you know, that that sort of a talent that speaks to. And then let's not forget he's a puppeteer. So if we wanted to read even further into it, you know, what is the talent of a puppeteer? And we we notice that like his style of puppeteering is sort of all about trying to transmit his feeling, isn't it, into these yeah. into these puppets. Yeah. Which certainly my experience of puppetry when I was a kid, I didn't get that from it. So when mm -hmm. I saw that he's that mm -hmm. kind of puppeteer, so I can I can plausibly believe now that we're analysing it in this depth that there's something for his character in that scene. Yeah, but also it 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 establishes him I think kind of quite firmly. I mean, if he hasn't already been established, it cements him quite firmly as the hero of the story. But mm. so it kind of implicitly it, it aligns us with the importance of Craig's want. Yeah. And mm. therefore that he is the hero of this story. And I think kind of the subversive thing about it is as the film goes on, it becomes considerably harder and harder to see Craig as the hero, either in kind of moral or um, uh, protagonistic terms. Yes. Do you know? Yeah. So it's like he's it's, it's harder and harder to condone his behavior. Yeah. But then it's harder and harder to see Craig as the hero because he's not even on screen anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, he's he kind of disappears yeah. into it. Disappears. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then, and, and then, and then, where is the agency? And and, a fun, and here, here's probably kind of where we where we could afford to leave it because I I do wonder about my own feeling about whether Maxine is the character who changes the least or changes the least over the time frame of the film. Yeah. Um. Because I think Craig probably experiences a lot changes in the most confirmable, obvious, physical way. Yes. But doesn't fundamentally change no. as an individual. Mm -hmm. And. Finally, Lottie really does. Lottie kind of goes through the most important transformations, does actually get a taste of being other people, does get a sense of what her own goals in life could be, and winds up in a very different place, in a very different circumstance, which is kind of the fulfillment of her underlying desire. That's kind of, that seems like a complete journey. So, and so when Cameron Diaz was unsure about the role, well, actually, kind of, it took Cameron Diaz on a journey in that character. <laughs> that yeah. other, For sure. Otherwise, you might you might not have accessed. Mm. Yeah, the only other thing that I wanted to point out was a completely just, uh, it feels like a big step down to something lowbrow after all this highfalutin chatter. But what I noticed uh, just today for the first time is that about the 36 second mark, you can quite clearly see Spike Jones reflected in the chrome of the payphone uh, to the left of the screen. Well, ah! I, I'd say quite, I, I say quite clearly, you can quite clearly see a person um, I'm not 100% sure it's Spike Jones, but I think it is. And I think he's observing the scene. So, um, yes, yeah, I can see can, that moment see of him. the head moving. Yeah. It's definitely a man's yeah, yeah. head. Yeah. No, I think, it, yeah, that looks plausibly like it could be Jones. He's got a sort of um, an angular yeah. face. Though yeah, his hair yeah, is and, dark. And uh, um, I think it's, 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 his hair is cut quite short during the filming. Um, so I think it's consistent, but anyway, it's, uh, that was just, ah. I couldn't believe I've been watching this movie so many times for so mm -hmm. many years. And of course my, my attention was never drawn to the reflection in the payphone because I was watching <laughs> uh, a very compelling performance from, uh, from John Cusack. How many times have you watched this film? Oh, I, I mean, uh, only once in the cinema, sadly, and then on DVD, 
and Blu-ray over the years. I mean, not much in the last 10 years, but in the previous decade, I just I just couldn't estimate it. And we mm. used to put on parts of it to watch mm. for to 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 re-enjoy and and it was just in in my kind of housemate situation um it used to be just one of the big quoted movies. So I I really it would be tens of times but I really don't know. Uh, I really couldn't couldn't guess. And then when I was going out with my then girlfriend, my now wife, it was one of the ones that I was like, oh, we have to watch this. I need to share <laughs> this one with you. And it was kind of a bonding one for us. And um, yeah, so it kind of it has an outsized position in my in my brain. So I think we're uh, we're running out of time. I think we're going to have to say goodbye to the two of you finally. Thank you both so much. And uh, before we go, Peter, where can people find you online and what would you like to point people at? Uh, you cannot find me online. I have uh, jettisoned away from my social media accounts. Yeah, uh, I, 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 am... was, I was hunting you down. Couldn't find a trace. I am off the grid, folks. Um, <laughs> Uh, if you're in desperate need of making communication with me, um, please uh, find a high voltage lamp and project my insignia onto <laughs> a cloud. I will see it from a rooftop and I will swoop down to make contact with you there. Excellent. Anuna? Um, mine is far more prosaic. Um, I'm a filmmaker, so I have a website, yeah, which is um, my, my company's name is Tirella Pictures. Um, which is T-Y-R-E-L-L-A um, pictures mm -hmm. um, com and um, I am on Twitter and uh, Instagram and stuff but there we go we've had uh, a lot of fun in the last five days yeah I'm going to be sad to see you both go but see you go I must I'm very deeply in control of this vessel now and I'm getting very used to it so I think I can I can expel you by will now let me just ooh thank you so much Austin it's been great fun 